Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, back to the Believe in the Jets podcast. I am your host, Andrew Golden, as, as, and as always, I got my co-host, Lamont Jordan, here with me, former Jet running back. Thank you guys so much for joining, as always. We are going to do a quick little Super Bowl recap for you, go over what we like uh, from the game, what we were wrong about in our predictions, as well as look ahead to the draft, a little tease for our coming draft content that you guys are going to definitely make sure you check out. So, Lamont, go ahead. Your take for the Super Bowl. You had the correct pick in the Rams, but not by double digits. Uh, unfortunately. So how are you feeling after that game? Matt, well, first off, you know, congratulations to Matt Stafford. You know, sure. um, you know, I, I was so happy for him. He's just always been a stand-up guy in one of the worst situations that you could possibly be in, in my opinion, as a quarterback playing in Detroit. Gives a chance to get with a team that 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 can support him, right. where he's not the only factor. And and I tell you what, that was a great job by him. Um, yes, I did get the pick right for the Rams. And at the beginning of the game, Drew, I'm telling you, at the beginning of the game, I said, oh, boy, I'm about to hit that nine and a half. Mm-hmm. That minus seven and a half. I'm about to hit all of that. I leave one place to go to another game during halftime. All right. Try to make sure that I get there for the second half. Yeah. I get there and I find out Odell Beckham is out. Yep. I'm saying to myself, oh no, that's going to kill my spread. I still felt like the Rams would win the game, but I knew when he was out that it that that it, it definitely killed my spread. Um, the one thing that we talked about in the last show, where we kind of went through position by position and what you say to each position, and my point was I would go into the defensive line and I, I was saying about it the whole game go win the Super Bowl. And that is exactly what those guys did. They went and they won that dag on Super Bowl. Um, happy for Donald. Vaughn Miller got himself another one. Um, and, and just the maturity of Odell. You yeah. can see where he's matured a lot. I'm hoping that everything, I'm hoping that he's going to be okay. Um, but it was an exciting Super Bowl. It really I mean, was. It was a it, good it, game. It was, a, it was an exciting Super Bowl. And the thing that I take away from that Super Bowl is that if the Rams can bring everybody back, you know, if you can get a, a healthy Robert Woods, if you can get a healthy Odell Oof. with a Cooper Cup, maybe add in another running back. I think that's the thing that concerns me the most for the Rams is just adding in another running back. But all in all, man, I think that this was just a great season. And I think the Super Bowl was just a great ending to a great season. Yeah, it really was. It was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it was definitely, definitely kind of went the way I was expecting a little bit as time went on. Once it got to the second half and that touchdown first happened, uh, in my head I was going, "That's they left too much time. They should have mm-hmm. scored more early. They should have got up earlier. Because uh, it was like, I think it was 13-10 was the worst it got for the Rams before um, the Bengals started coming back. Uh, But yeah, it was a good wrap up to the end of the season, Um, an exciting game to watch. I think uh, there's a lot of things that we as Jets fans and looking ahead to our team can take away from this Super Bowl in particular. Uh, And that is you got to protect your quarterback. 
first and foremost. So we'll see how the draft and free agency goes. I'm a little curious that the Jets will take an offensive tackle very highly for the sole reason that whoever loses the left tackle competition, I think is playing right tackle. And so if you were to take another offensive tackle highly, you're going to have a top 10 pick be a, a bench rider. And I don't know if you want a top 10 pick riding the bench on a team that was four and 13 last year. Mm-hmm. So I would rather draft an impact player and draft the depth tackle in the second round. Some maybe a guy like Stuber that I know that you like from Michigan, um, not to get too far in the weeds off topic from there, but yeah, you got to protect your quarterback and you got to surround him with as many weapons as possible. And I mm-hmm. think that's, we saw Joe, uh, Joe Mixon have his opportunities to make plays. We saw T Higgins make plays. We saw Jamar Chase. If the Bengals offensive line holds up, Jamar Chase is streaking down the right sideline for the game-winning touchdown right at the end. And if not for Aaron Donald being Aaron Donald and going and winning the Super Bowl, as you said. Uh, so offenses are what going to get you farther in the playoffs and in this league in the modern era. It's just a fact. The Rams offense, they needed to go out and improve. They got Matt Stafford. They added Odell Beckham. Cooper Cup improved to the level that he obviously played at. The Bengals offense was loaded, as we talked about. You just got to protect your quarterback and surround them with as many playmakers as possible and hope that their talent can shine that way and they can improve the talent around them too. Yeah, now speaking of uh, something that Jets fans can take away, I think the Jets players can take away from this also specifically highlighting Zach Wilson. You see what Burrow was able to do coming in his rookie season while getting hurt. I think I think he got hurt in the first four games. It was against the Washington football yep. team. And even when he got hurt, his team still had belief in him. I mean, hell, as a person that watched him play just for a few games, you, you could look and you can tell, oh, Joe Burrow is going to be good in the National Football League. Even with a horrible offensive line. I mean, right. nobody was back more than Joe Burrow this year. He no. was still able to maintain his composure, keep his sights set on the defense and what his responsibility is. And he was able to lead his team to the Super Bowl. So for me, if you're a Jets fan, the one person that I'm looking at, I can care less what the offensive line does. What we need to see is Zach Wilson take that leap from year one to year two the way Joe Burrow did. And I really think that this is a huge, huge season um, for Zach Wilson. Listen, when when a Joe Burrow goes out there and does what he does and you were picked as high as you were and you're a Zach Wilson, the way I see it, you're on the clock. This year for yeah. Zach Wilson, he, 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 he's on the clock. We want to get him some weapons, but that's the one thing that I, that, that's one of the many things that I took away from that Super Bowl was watching Joe Burrow watching the, the the young players for for the Cincinnati Bengals watching that defense which I don't think got enough credit throughout the course of the season with for just how dependable this Bengals defense was um so from a Jets fans perspective Zach Wilson you, listen you're on the clock from the Super Bowl every field goal kick I'm sitting there like this come on hit the upright hit the upright hit the upright hit the upright because I'm thinking about that plus 400 uh... I'm thinking uh, about that plus four hundred dollar. Think about that plus four hundred dollar bet. Odell goes down, completely destroys every. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He didn't completely destroy every single game parlay because I took him at over forty nine and a half yards, and I think that he had fifty yeah, yards. Yeah, it was about that. So, so I was able to hit that. But all in all, man, it it, it, it was. It, this is how you wanted it to end. 
Yeah. We didn't have Tom Brady. I mean, if you started the season, I was probably one of the only people that said that, hey, Matthew Stafford is going to be playing in the Super Bowl. But nobody saw Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals playing in the Super Bowl. And so my hat goes off to, to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, now the thing that I'm thinking about is when we look at these two teams that just played in the Super Bowl, which one is in the better shape for next year? Because personally, I think the only reason the Bengals were there were because of the mistakes that 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 Harbaugh made in Baltimore by going forward on fourth down and leaving three points out there in numerous games. I think they lost at least three games because of coaching decisions. So for me, and, and you know, I like your opinion mm, on this. Yeah. When it comes to these two teams, when you look at the make of the NFL, where do you see these two teams next year? Hmm. I think. It really, really depends on what you said about who can the Rams bring back? Who can they keep? If they can bring back Odell and if they can bring back Von Miller. If both of those guys come back, I think the Rams will likely be in the Super Bowl again. Because I don't think Matt Stafford's going anywhere. I think the rumors about Sean McVay retiring are BS. I'm Mm -hmm. not really sure where that's coming from. Uh, and if it does, it'd be very surprising. Um, but I think the Rams, if they can keep those two guys there, then I think they have a very good chance of being back again. The issue is if they don't, the Rams have very little capital to reload and solve some of their problems. Where mm-hmm. the Bengals, on the other hand, have a sneaky good amount of cap space in free agency. They have about $55 million. So their big internal free agent is Jesse Bates and losing him would be huge to that defense as much as I would love for him to hit the market and the jets to give him whatever they, whatever he wants to come play for New York. I don't think he's going to get out the door for Cincinnati. And I'm honestly a little concerned to see why he would want to considering they just played in the Super Bowl. He might be feeling like we can run it back. I want to be here. I was drafted here and you know, we're close. We got Joe Burrow. We got DeMar chase. You know, we can make things happen. So my gut says that the Rams are in a better shape for next year right now. But after the off season and after how the acquisitions change, I think it might end up being a toss up because at the end of the day, I think if the Bengals don't do some serious work to improve their offensive line, then they're not going to be back. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. I think that for the Bengals, you want to take advantage of of where you are right now and where the rest of your division is. Yeah. Because right now, the way I feel, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a quarterback away from possibly playing in the Super Bowl. Mike Tomlin has just, from the time that he's been there, has just just been a phenomenal coach. They are a quarterback away. You look at the Baltimore Ravens, like I said before, if they just take points in a couple of their games, they're in the playoffs. Um, so so for the Cincinnati Bengals, you want to take advantage of this opportunity that, like, you are the talk of the town. Yeah. Like, they're rock stars right now. And if ever there was a chance to turn around a franchise that's pretty much been irrelevant darn near forever with the exception of when to me when they had boomer size and icky woods things of that nature you have a great chance right now if you're the cincinnati Bengals, to remain relevant for at least the next five or six years but what you do this off season is going to set them on a path that either hey 
They're going to get up there to where Kansas City. They're going to remain up there like the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to remain up there um, um, kind of like some of the teams that year after year that are just always there. Cincinnati right now has that opportunity to, to be that team to take over that division. And so I'm really interested to see what happens there. Um, my last point, my last point for the Super Bowl. Um, the parity in the NFL this year was just, just, it was just off the charts. It was just it was just off the charts. And I don't care who you are in the National Football League right now. All right. There is no clear cut favorite for who's going to the Super Bowl next year. So all 32 teams right now, you have to come into this season, regardless of what your record was last year, believing that, hey, this has to be the year that we take advantage of our opportunity to move up and at least compete to get into the playoffs because, hey, we see it. We've seen it with the San Francisco 49ers this year. Yep. All right. Yeah. Uh, they beat Dallas. All right. Um, um, uh, who's, who, who else did they beat? They beat Dallas. I think they beat Green Bay. They beat Dallas. They did beat Green Bay. Yeah, they beat Dallas. They beat Green Bay. I mean, with the exception of you, I don't think that there were too many people that saw the 49ers being able to do what they did with Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. I mean, that was a team that was handicapped, in my opinion. I so agree. My I agree. Take- my last takeaway from the Super Bowl was it was a great ending, to my opinion, a great, um, a, a, a great season. Um, I don't think that the referees were as horrible as people try to make them out to be with some of the missed calls or some of the calls that were made. Um, at the end of the day, I don't like the term, you don't make that call in that situation. Uh, it fouls like a foul if it's whether the time is the time. I just think that in that, my, that's my take. My only other take is I feel like the refs and at least the NFL is in real time monitoring people's like Twitter feeds and seeing mm-hmm. people's opinion on the game. And so they hear the people were upset with the Jalen Ramsey missed face mask, which should have been a penalty and it was yeah. missed. Which again, I'm not. I agree that I don't think they were that bad for the majority of the game. But the ones they were bad on were the ones that everybody saw, and were mm-hmm. the ones that be that made a big impact in the game. So mm-hmm. I think that was almost a makeup call, or where it yes. was there was like almost like we we didn't call this grab earlier, so now this is another grab, and we're calling it, and it just like was now against Cincinnati. So it's mm-hmm. like you you got away with one earlier. So now this is the makeup and am I going to, I don't think makeup calls are good in any situation, but a penalty is a penalty. And so call the penalty correctly if it's a penalty or don't call it if it's not, that's kind of, and in that situation, Logan Wilson grabbed him. Like it was, it was a penalty. Like it's not arguable that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm with you on that, man. I'm with you on that. Um, The, for me, now that the Super Bowl is over, I'm excited about getting ready for the draft. I'm really excited about getting ready for the draft. And I know that we have some things coming up here. Um, You know, you sent me some film on a guy. All right. Jermaine Johnson. Yep. If people listen to my other show, the Oklahoma Drill Podcast, they know very well who Jermaine Johnson is, as I have been pumping him up for a little over a month now from the second I turned on his tape. Uh, Jermaine Johnson is my type of defensive end. I think he is 
ascending and that every opportunity he gets, he's continuing to get better and better. And he just went down to the senior bowl was the best player at the senior bowl. I had a mock draft come out on jets X factor on Tuesday with the jets taking him fourth overall. And people were getting a little on me saying that that was crazy. Get on board, get on board now. That's all I'm saying. Just get on board now and be one of the first people on board because when it happens and when you end up being right and the jets get a stud in Jermaine Johnson, you're all going to be happy for it. So go ahead, Lamont, tell them what you saw. Uh, pretty much the same thing that I saw out of this guy, minus a few of your own evaluations in there. First, first of all, what I stole from him was um, a guy that does his job. I think that's the 100%. first thing that, that stands out. I, I Lunch hear bail mentality. Yeah, my time, my time with, with the Patriots, you know, when you first walk in, you see a sign that says, do your job. You know, in me in, in the meeting room, you walk in there, you see a term that says, do your job. Um, when I watch his film, what I see is a guy that just flat out does his job. And when you're talking about dealing with read option teams, when you're talking about dealing with with wide receivers that have the ability to run the ball the way some of these wide receivers do, you want to make sure that you have defensive ends that can run sideline to sideline. He was a sideline to sideline guy. I never saw a guy I, I never saw a team get outside on him he does a great job of setting the edge and something that was telling to his film and and, and I still have a, a few more games to watch on him was it didn't look like teams wanted to run at him no they don't he did a whole lot of running away from him and when I watched him play two guys came to mind when I watched him play I thought about Willie McGinnis. Mm -hmm. right? He's not as thick as Willie McGinnis, but when no, you talk about a guy who just flat out does his job, sets the edge, does not let you get outside, is mm -hmm. a problem for tight ends to block, is a problem. Still has the speed to, to run to the and corner. You, yes, and you definitely don't want to put a running back on him too often. I know from personal experience when I was with no. the Jets, the only time I really got in a game against the Patriots was for guess what? Two jet protection. Who does the running back have on two jet protection? You're responsible for the Mike, who's not coming, who's Brewski, and you're responsible for <laughs> Willie McGinnis. So I know what it's like as a back to have to put him up. Um, Jermaine Johnson is a stud. Yeah, he is. He, his 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 eyes. He's a guy on the defensive side of the ball, especially on the defensive line. And I was thinking about this when um, uh, being teammates of a guy like a Warren Sapp. All right. Mm -hmm where he did a great job of engaging with the offensive line. And you can always see where his eyes are finding the ball. That's yep. what I saw in Willie McGinnis. Yep. What I saw yep. in a Mike Vrabel, those guys are able to engage, yep. not get pushed back. That's the other nope. thing that I saw. There were only Stout. a couple of times. Yeah. There were only a couple of times where, and we'll talk about this as we do our film breakdown on him moving uh, pretty soon coming up. Um, there were a couple of times that once guys got him covered up, he had a hard time kind of disengaging. But outside of that, this guy's a stud. Even as a running back, if you bounce the ball while he's setting the edge, you're not getting around that edge. He's going to run you to the sideline or he's going to make that tackle. So this is a guy that, that, that hey, I'm, I'm keeping my eyes out on him because he is a stud. And for those of you all who want to learn more about him and – um, learn more about a lot of the guys that are coming up in the draft. Drew and I, we have a lot of great things coming 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 forward here in, in, in the near future. 
So please be on the lookout for that. But as far as Jermaine Johnson is concerned, hey, first of all, watching that film of him playing in Florida State, you see I got my Terps on. I got my Merlin mm -hmm. switch. So good to sit there and watch some ACC film. It felt real good. And watching him play reminded me of when I was playing, when Florida State had Corey Simon in the middle. They had Andre Wadsworth outside on the edge. I mean, they, I mean, they had guys. Mm -hmm. he's a guy that is going to come to the national football league and be an immediate impact player. And, and, and that's what I saw from, from his film. And um, I'm looking forward to doing this film breakdown with you because he's a guy that you, that you put me on to. And after watching his film, I'm sold on him. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. I absolutely love him to end the show. I'm going to wax poetic real quick about him and definitely be on the lookout for our film review. Cause it'll be even better than this conversation when we can get in there and show you the nitty gritty ourselves of exactly what we're talking about and why mm -hmm. we both love this guy so much. Uh, you had mentioned Willie McGinnis and I hadn't thought of that, but I like that a lot. I do agree. He's not quite as thick as Willie McGinnis. Willie McGinnis was six, five, like two seventy, and, and could run like a freaking deer. Um, mm -hmm. the guy I thought of, and I think it was Ben Fennel I saw on Twitter, um, who, who had this comparison for him, but I absolutely love it was John mm -hmm. Abraham. Mm. And, and, and that I heard that and I was like, that's it. That's, that's who he is. It's the same build. It's the same stoutness where his losses are stalemates where mm -hmm. he's not, yes. you don't, you don't ever see him getting pushed over and and thrown to the ground and tossed away his loss is like the guy got inside of me and i didn't shed him <laughs> it's like yeah. that's it's like that's the bad play for him and what you're saying is it's the peak technique any defensive line coach will sit there and tell you it's stack peak and shed and he yes. does that over and over and over just yes. the length i think his arms are going to measure in at at least 34 inches if not longer so he's got the length. He's got the power. This is the one thing I've been saying with him when I've been questioning and why he's so high in my rankings and why I don't understand why people aren't on board with him. What doesn't he do? Mm -hmm. What doesn't he do as good or better than any one of these other top defensive end prospects in this draft right now? Is he as explosive as Kayvon Thibodeau? No, but he's stronger. He's more developed. He can win with more moves right now, right away. Is he as strong in his bull rush as Aiden Hutchinson? No, but he's a hell of a lot more flexible. Mm -hmm. He's got a hell of a lot more bend around the corner. He doesn't get ran up the arc as much. He's able to reset a lot easier than Hutchinson is. Is he as big or as strong inside as George Karloftis? No, but he's faster. Mm -hmm. I think he's got better bend. I think he's more developed. I'm, what doesn't this guy do? And I was a George Karloftis fan first. That was the guy I thought I was going to be all over. And I still love him because he's a freak too. 6'4", 270, and no one should be as athletic and quick and bendy as he is at that size. Mm -hmm. But Jermaine Johnson is a dude that I could see winning defensive rookie of the year. Mm. I, I honest to God think, like you said, he's going to test through the roof at the combine. Yes. I think his, his first step, his 10-yard split and his 40 are going to be great. In fact, you know what? You know what? I had it written down. I I predicted just in the a uh, little bit ago. I was texting with some of um, some of the people from my other podcast, the Oklahoma Drill Podcast, and I predicted his combine. And I thought I was being a little bit, a little bit, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Pessimistic. Not quite going all out. 
But let me go ahead and read you these numbers for where I think he's going to test. Because I think, honestly, he's gonna he could very well end up beating these numbers. Mm-hmm. And I was just being a little a little down on him. Let me see if I can find this stuff here. Well, I'm going off the top of my head. I can remember that I think his 40 is going to be at least 465. Mm. I think he'll like he'll get right in that range. Bud Dupree ran about that. I think he's comparable in that range to a Bud Dupree while being stout and while being strong. If it ends up being 471 with a good 10 yard split, I could see it. Um, I think he's going to struggle a little bit in the bench press only because his arms are so long. And I think he's a little bit stronger, lower body than upper body. And okay. that's where what you're saying, where he can stack and shed, he's really mm-hmm. good at it. And his hands are really strong. It's not that his arms are weak, but he's so long. So it's yes. he's able to be long enough, keep the guy away from him, then toss. And it's yep. the stoutness in his lower body that he's not getting driven back while he's doing that. Um, yeah, I think his ver- uh, vertical is going to be like at least 37. I think his lower body explosion is serious. I think mm-hmm. he goes below seven on the three cone mm-hmm. um, because he is agile. Like you said, his agility and his ability to change direction. He's bendy. He's like, this is again, coming back to kind of what I've been saying about him is he wins with power. He wins with speed. He wins with counter moves. He -hmm. wins on the inside. He wins on the outside. He wins against the run. He wins against the inside run and against the outside run. Is it Mm -hmm. perfect? No, but he wins. He does it. And he is the perfect build prototype for that four, three defensive end that I think can be opposite Carl Lawson and in the jet scheme, they want guys that are going to get after it. And I think Robert Sala is going to be the type of coach that's going to get on him and get him to be a little more aggressive, like on those plays where teams are running away from him. And I know exactly what you're talking about. And he's just got the guy stacked and just watching for the ball. Yep. It's like throw him away and chase it down from the backside. You're strong mm-hmm. enough. You're athletic enough. You can go make that play. You can go be Von Miller on the backside of a wide run if you want to go do it. And I mm-hmm. think a guy like Robert Sala is really going to unlock that for him. I absolutely love Jermaine Johnson. He is my second rated edge uh, in this class behind Kayvon Thibodeau. And I love Thibodeau for his generational athleticism. And it's mm-hmm. the quite honestly only reason I have Jermaine Johnson higher. I like Jermaine Johnson as a player more than I like Kayvon Thibodeau as a player. My draft grade is going to there. They are 0.01% different on my grading scale. I have Thibodeau at a 0.89. I have Jermaine Johnson at a 0.88. Like that's, I view these guys very similarly. I am all aboard for Jermaine Johnson. I can't wait for our film review. I think it's going to be a great time. People are really going to see what we're talking about. Yeah, I agree with you. And I didn't, and you know what? John Abraham is a good one. Yeah. John Abraham is a good one. I think Abraham is a better rusher than he is just because he, he did a great job First of all, his ball get off was phenomenal. Uh, yeah, he's got and, him there. He's got him beat there. And I think they're turning. He's the like in between Abraham and McGinnis. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and yeah. You know what? I, I think that's what it is. I, I didn't think that he he's faster than McGinnis. He's not as thick as McGinnis. Both guys yeah. do a great job of setting the edge. Um, but I really I like the Abraham comparison. And and for the listeners, we're going to break down this film of not just Johnson, but we're going to break down film of other guys. Please be on the lookout for that. Uh, I know that I've already started breaking down film. Drew and I have had conversations off air, and and we think that this is going to be something that 
for those of you all who are serious about your teams and, and you really want to know who you're getting in the drafts, you want to know something about some of the guys in the draft, you stay tuned because Drew and I, we definitely have some things coming up um, on, on, on that draft. Um, with that said, with that said, Drew, um, I, I think that this, yes, this was a quick show, quick uh, Super Bowl recap, but now we're transitioning to to the combine. We're transitioning mm-hmm. to pro days. We're transitioning to this period right now that we're in. Um, and we talked about the parity in the league. What happens between now and, 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 and the draft is going to be critical, critical for every team in the National Football League. So be sure to, to, to tune into us. Be sure to follow us so that you can be up to date on the things that we're having. And hey, when you're listening to the show, um, you know, you have our you have my Instagram handle. You have every way that you can reach out to Drew. If there is a player that you want us to break down that you think that we should look at, leave us a DM, leave a Absolutely. Leave, leave a comment in the comment section, and we will be sure to at least hit on that player. Um, before we get out of here, Drew, um, I wouldn't feel right leaving the show without giving some bets. Um, and for me, I'm sitting here. I want to do a parlay today. All and right. Now the NFL is over with. I'm going to college basketball. Okay, Let's go hit me with it. Basketball. I got a two leg parlay. I'm taking Oakland on the money line at home at a minus 180 against Wright State. And I'm taking Butler. They're the dog plus seven and a half. They are on the road against St. John's. That is my two leg parlay for today. Oakland on the money line at a minus 180. Butler, I'm taking the points plus seven and a half. That's my two-leg parlay for the day. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh, I know nothing about college basketball this season, so I'm not even going to pretend to sit there and have any opinion one way or the other. I do know that you are usually better, uh, the better better than I am, Um, so I'm not going to disagree with you there. However, and the topic of bets, I do have a story. Uh, that I can definitely share with the people here, and a congratulations to one of my uh, one of our, our now actually Jamont joining on JetX Factor and getting some work with us. I can now say our coworkers, uh, one of our coworkers at JetX Factor, Mr. James Wighouse, had a parlay for the Super Bowl, uh, which I don't know if you saw Lamont, but it got pretty big because he bet a hundred dollars on a five piece parlay of. I think it was Cooper Cup uh, with the first touchdown, Odell over 40 yards, Rams win or something like that. Bet $100 and won 64000 Ooh, nice. Nice. That sounds like a Cooper Cup first time, first touchdown. That sounds like a, a Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham as anytime scores. Matthews I think it was something like that. And Stafford yep. over a certain amount of yards. Stafford over 270. And then Rams win was the last one. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, man, that same game parlay changes the game. Yeah. That same game parlay, it 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 changes the game, man. And and I tell you what, with March Madness coming around, although football season is over, um, I, I'm an athlete. I played many sports growing up. Football was baseball when I got to high school was my first sport. You know, I grew up just just watching every sport. So when you listen mm-hmm. to these shows, um, you know, you're going to hear picks. It may not always be NFL. We're going to talk about some hockey. I'm really big in hockey, NBA, college basketballs around. So 
for those of you all who are, are just Jets fans and you tune tune in and listen to things about the Jets, just know that when you when, when you're listening to a show with Drew and I, you're going to hear about the Jets. You're going to hear about the NFL, but you're going to hear about multiple sports. So, again, please leave us some comments, you know, DM us about some just just some different topics, maybe some things that you want to hear about. And I'm sure Drew and I will be sure to touch to, to touch on those topics. Yeah, absolutely. The offseason, we got a ton of content planned, but there also is a ton of time where we have to fill space in and we have to uh, we'll have open space to do things like that and to mm-hmm. take questions and to take specific requests. And we would absolutely love to get more involved with our audience and get more interaction. So I'm right there with you. Feel free to drop any message, any DM, any future players that you like. When that film review for Jermaine Johnson comes out, I'm sure you guys can flood the comments with that with any other future guys that you want. And we'll be able to get a list of guys that we can crank out before the draft. Uh, We got a ton, ton, ton of work ahead of us, but I cannot wait a single second for how great this offseason is really going to be. I think not only is it going to be a great offseason for the Jets, I think it's going to be a great offseason for you and I, Lamont. I think it's going to be a great offseason for the fans. And I think overall it's going to be a good time. So with that said, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this one up. The 2021 season is over. We are looking ahead to 2022. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams on winning the Super Bowl. And hopefully the Jets can be next year's Cincinnati Bengals going from top five pick to play it in the game. But until then, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Believe in the Jets podcast. I am Andrew Golden of Jets X Factor, and you can find me at Andrew Golden underscore 17 on Twitter. Lamont, go ahead and tell the people where they can find you so we can get some requests going. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, at Coach Jordan 34 on Instagram. I am Lamont Jordan underscore 34. Awesome. All right, guys, thank you again so much for listening. And we will be back real soon with that film review of Jermaine Johnson and also another great podcast next week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.